Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hello, welcome to episode 208. Hello. We're going to talk about client expectations today. Thank you to our sponsor, Palmetto Scoopers, and our awesome Patreon members. For our Patreon members only, we just dropped module two, which is all about content planning for your podcast. So if you'd like to learn more about what that is or how to become a Patreon member, you can go to PetCenterConfessional.com forward slash support. Today's topic is about how client expectations are changing. So recently, I don't know if you know this, but Rover released a new commercial. And we will have a link to that in the show notes. But basically, it was a big list of owner requests from their pet. And then at the end, the pet sitter says, sounds good. When can I start? And we'll actually just play a few portions of it here so you can listen to it. Care instructions for my Gatsby. My gazpacho. Mr. Henry Chicken. Mr. Dirty Boy. Miss Attention. For beef. Short for beefcake. Mel likes dressing up to go out. He has more outfit than his daddy. Henry loves to lick. I really hope you're okay with that. He only likes to be touched on his head. Please do not pet his paws. They like dressing as twins. Greta prefers hot pink. He will eat all of your food if you let him. Please don't let him. He is obsessed with filet mignon, but he can eat a little salmon. He prefers Greek yogurt to regular yogurt. Every Friday, they get an ice cream party. Beef has a goopy eye and likes it to be wiped gently with a washcloth. A compliment every 15 minutes would be great for you and him. If you're going to be watching King Louis here, these are some things you need to know. He will bark at you once, but then you're best friends for life, so don't take it to heart. He gets a little anxious in car trips, but he's getting better about it. He's got a lot of love to give. Use your hands, get really in her face, because she loves to connect. He loves people. He loves personal space. Ice water. Toilet water. Cuddles. Seafood. Vegetables. He loves to paddleboard. And he hates motorboats. Gatsby absolutely hates being outside. He is anti-dirt, anti-grass, and sun-averse. Dislikes stairs. Vacuum cleaners. His water bulb. His goopy eye. Approach him with a lot of care and honor because he is a king. Because they're princesses. He's a perfect little gentleman. This is why I can't ask my friends to do this. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. When do we start? So before we start this, I wanted to add the caveat that this conversation is 1000% focused on changing client expectations and owner requests. This has nothing to do with whether a pet sitter lists on Rover or not. We have had that conversation before, and that's not what we're going to focus on today. So my initial thoughts of the episode were that it was a little jarring. I've seen Rover commercials in the past, and they were all about a you know a dog walker wearing a Rover shirt, walking a dog, or cuddling a cat. It was really focused on how the dog walker or the pet sitter can really benefit the pet. But this commercial's focus was solely on the pet parent. And the list of demands, <laughs> in my opinion, was a little bit absurd. You heard in there, you know, a compliment every 15 minutes. That's a little much. <laughs> I listened with two sets of ears as a dog owner and as a pet sitter. So as a pet owner, it sounds amazing. And the descriptions of the little details and quirks that they bring up in the commercial really got me thinking about our own dog. And I felt like it drew me in. The commercial, as Megan just said, is 100% focused on the pet owner. It's meant to make us as the owners feel like you can ask for anything. 
Now, listening with my pet sitter ears on, it showed an unrealistic exchange between the owner and the sitter. Where were the boundaries at all for the sitter? What protections did they have? What kind of feedback were they able to give? The commercial certainly doesn't empower the dog walker, only the owner, which I feel like can be a little dangerous. So we're going to walk through the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then some implications for this. So the good part about this commercial for the pet care industry is that they were specifically focusing on the next generation of pet parents. And who is that? Millennials, probably you and us, who treat their pets like children. Then there's the bad. This tells pet parents that it's okay to be demanding of the pet sitter. It also tells the pet parent that no matter what their long list of needs or demands are, the pet sitter will just comply. And then for the ugly part of it, this really teaches pet sitters to not have any boundaries at all and to just say yes to every potentially ridiculous request that comes across their emails, which will likely lead to burnout. And so why is that a big deal? Why is all of this a big deal? Why are we even talking about this? Because this is what pet parents are seeing. This level of marketing is out there. It's pitching a service, our services, and expectations that many of those in the pet industry, like us, are actually not really okay with. But this is what pet owners are being taught is okay. And whether you're on the platform or not, it impacts you because this is what millions and millions of pet owners are seeing. Yeah, just being honest, the ad is really good. It's catchy and it's speaking squarely at the largest group of pet owners in the world. And it's speaking their language and it's speaking to them as how they view their own pet. Yeah, I mean, obviously Rover has a million plus budget. And I'm sure they spared no expense with this commercial because they have the money. So I'm sure they did their research and they know exactly who they're targeting. They wrote great ad copy and it's a good ad from the Rover's perspective. Which means that owners are learning that all this behavior is okay and they'll come to expect it over time. We would rather see a more balanced commercial that focuses on healthy boundaries for both the sitter and the owner especially one that shows a back-and-forth discussion about the services that they're able to offer. And so because of not only this commercial, but just the world in general that is speaking these kind of messages, what are clients expecting? Well, they're expecting a fast booking process, a potentially a fast response time from you. And I do think we have to differentiate here between our existing clients and the new ones that we have. Because you may be listening to this going, well, my existing clients would never do this. They don't have those kind of expectations on me. True. But those are clients that you've had for, what, five years, 10 years or longer? You've trained them through how you operate to have those expectations, to respect those boundaries. Well, and I think that's a good distinction here. You know, we need to talk about potential clients, not existing clients. Right. New people are going to be coming in and being onboarded for the pet care that they need. And whether they're a millennial or not, just think of it as a first-time client using your service. Maybe they've never needed a pet sitter before. Maybe this is their first pet. Whatever their reason, they're going to have different expectations from the client that's been with you for 10 years. Well, and I was just thinking that we have a client right now. She's never left her dog before with somebody else. She's never had a pet sitter and she drops her dog off and I give frequent updates, but she was even wanting more frequent updates than what I was providing. So that goes to your point of it's not just millennials that are dealing with this, that are having these kind of expectations. 
Right. So people are coming into the industry and they're needing care. They are needing service, but they're getting messaging from outside the industry, from both internal and external factors. So external factors here are like the commercial that we're talking about. And internal are things like maybe other pet sitters that they've had experience with that had inappropriate or unhealthy boundaries as a pet sitter. Maybe they're used to somebody who responded at all hours of the night or at 2 a.m. or always bent to their every whim, and they are going to now be coming over and applying that to you, and you don't have those same boundaries. You don't have those same expectations. And I know that at some point, pet sitters do create the beast, but then sometimes we pass off the beast to somebody else because we're not available and they have to find another sitter. So it's hard to standardize that because everybody's business is different. Some people are okay with responding at midnight and some people obviously aren't. Everybody's different. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that's just going to be have to be how you run your business. And again, that's totally fine as long as you're healthy and as long as you're well, as long as you're not overwhelmed, as long as you're not facing burnout or, and able to live a life and not feel begrudged or have feelings of frustration run that business as you want. I do think we have to be aware of how we run our business reflects on the industry at large and are going to set expectations for how that person is going to go and translate and interact with other pet sitters. Okay, so you just talked about external factors, but what other internal factors are driving this? Well, what is your social media like? And I don't really know how to say this, but whatever your social media is reflecting that's probably also what they are expecting. So if you're posting all these great pictures on social media, they're also expecting great pictures of their dog. So for example, the Ritz-Carlton social media really matches their level of experience. Mercedes-Benz, their commercials usually match their dealership experiences when you go and buy that car. So it, it is just about having brand consistency in your social media, but there is the expectation there that if you produce awesome graphics and photos that that is what the client is going to get on the other end. So the client really does get drawn into that expectation, spoken or otherwise, but it's just what we're doing. We have set the bar in their mind and thus have set an expectation of what they're going to be getting on the other end when they leave their pet with us. So these expectations, they come from external factors like the commercials that we talked about. They also look to other pet sitters in our area who who now they've taken those expectations from them and they're applying it to you reasonably or unreasonably. That's what clients do because that's, that's all they know. And then they get these expectations from ourselves that we put out there in our ad, social media, or our client experience. And we talk about this a lot. What's your onboarding process? What's your social media presence like? What are all these things? How do they all fit together? Does it match up to how you actually are running and operating the rest of your business? When we spent our time in Texas for several years, I came across a a phrase that I heard ever so often from some ranchers, especially when we were out in Lubbock. It was somebody who is all hat and no cattle, meaning somebody who is fancy, dresses the part, but doesn't have anything to back it up. Are are you acting all smoke in mirrors and then setting these unrealistic expectations that you can't fulfill? You're making promises. You can't keep checks. You can't cash. And then you have clients that get frustrated and you get frustrated because there was this misspoken understanding of what was going on because you said, oh, I, I run and operate my business like this. Look at my social media. 
Look at my online presence. Look at my flyers. But in reality, we're just doing those things to try and get more clients. And it's not actually at the core of our business. This is why understanding what you want your business to look like is so important. So you cannot just stay true to yourself and operate in your position of power and authority, but also so that you can be consistent in not just your messaging, but also the behavior to back it up. Yeah. So an example of this would be if you say you are open 24-7. If your Google My Business listing says you are open 24-7, are you really? Well, obviously not because at some point you're sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) So if that's not an expectation that you want to set, then you may consider changing your hours there. I know for us, I like to say that we can be very flexible, that we're really flexible with drop-off and pickup times. I've said that before. In honesty, we're, we're not. We're not. We're not. We actually have to be pretty strict between all sorts of scheduling and kids' naps and now school. We are setting an unrealistic expectation that we cannot fulfill whenever I say, oh, no, we're totally flexible. I'm trying to be too amenable to them, and I need to let them know that we need have these times where pickup and drop-offs need to happen, when walks and drop-ins can happen, instead of being so wishy-washy with it to try and sound like the nice guy, to try and sound like we can be over-accommodating, because that's something that we just can't do some days. Well, and we don't want people taking advantage of us either. We've had that happen in the past, and we just can't afford to do that anymore. So we need to be, we need to have our our rules, our, our business guidelines, and stick with them. You know, 2020 showed us the importance of having a diversified business. And as we take on new clients, especially this summer and into the fall, there are many opportunities to add services and value packages to our clients. Courtney, owner of Palmetto Scoopers, wants to help you be number one with your clients number two. (laughs) Courtney is passionate about helping others excel with a poop scooping service. What tools and training do you need? What do you do with all the poop? There is a link in our show notes for you to check out to learn more about getting started in pet waste removal and let Courtney get you started on the right foot. We talked earlier about the expectation of having a fast booking process, basically an immediate booking process with a quick process form to fill out. It's basically a quick process from zero to hired. And it sounds like, according to this commercial, that is a growing expectation for the next few years of pet sitters will do. Though they're going to do whatever the owner asks. And have we made accommodations for people before like that? Yeah, we have. And we've said, okay, this is what you need. I'll go above and beyond. And this is the level of care that you need. But it really has to be tempered. It has to be tempered with your time constraints. It has to be tempered with the stress in your life and realistic expectations. You as a pet sitter, especially if you are solo, you can only go so far above and beyond for a client before they start taking advantage of you. We've talked about this before, but those coffee runs need to stop. Those dry cleaning runs need to stop. Now, if they're willing to pay for it, they're willing to pay you $50 to go pick up their dry cleaning, then you know you may consider that. <laughs> but run the business that you want to and don't let the clients run the business for you. Well, and then there's just the reality that this is probably not your only client unless you are truly doing one dog at a time or one dog a day. Then then if that's the case, you can go hog wild and you can do whatever the client wants. But the moment we start getting multiple requests from multiple clients for these kind of things, we have to take a step back and ask ourselves, is this what I actually want to be doing? Yeah. What if every client requests that you give their dog compliment every 15 minutes? I mean, do you have time for that? 
Well, most likely not because there's other things to be doing for the dog other than complimenting it. You've still got to take it out. You've still got to probably give it medications. You've still got to be doing feeding and doing your checks. Or brushing. Yeah, there's a lot going on during the visit. And these little requests can really eat up a lot of the time that you have with that one pet. So realistically, you have to try and understand what am I going to be able to accomplish with my time with them knowing that I've probably got visits before and I have visits after. And these these things that I'm actually doing are fundamental to the well-being of the dog. And I have to make sure those get taken care of, those get slotted in first, and then we can see what we have time for past that. Yeah. So basically it comes down to, is that scalable? So if one client asks you to change the dog's clothes while you're over there, okay, you probably have time for that. If it's all of your clients, if all of your clients are very demanding. Yeah, if 20 clients start asking that of you, if 100 clients start saying, you know, every time you're over here, I need you to change their outfit twice so I can see different photos of them. You probably do not have time in your day for that. Well, and that's not scalable either. Well, many people think of scale. They think of hiring somebody else. They think of adding staff for things that they have going on. But when we add clients, that is scaling. And so do you want every single one of your clients to ask for compliments every 15 minutes or for changing outfits? Probably not. That's probably not what you actually want to be doing. Again, if it's a one-off every now and then, you can accommodate that the best that you can. If that's what you want to do. But we've got to look at the expectations that they're coming in with. Our clients are coming in with a certain expectation. They're being trained by these commercials, by behavior of things going on, what we're putting out there as well, and going, you know what? I am either A, not able to meet these expectations, or B, I need to try and work on these expectations to get them to fit with how I run and operate my business. Because the commercial shows the transaction as, I, as the pet owner, can ask for whatever I want. I have my long list of demands, and the pet sitter will just say, okay, great, when do I start? I will basically capitulate to your list of demands. And that's really unhealthy. That is totally unhealthy for both the owner and the pet sitter. Because those those expectations are going to be hard for anybody to meet consistently. It's unhealthy for the sitter because they are now having to do things that either they're not comfortable with or they don't have time for or that aren't realistically going to help and or beneficial for the pet in the long run. And they may be sacrificing other things to do these little requests. A much healthier way to have approached the commercial, they did not ask us, but hey, if they had. The Pet Sitter Confessional Consulting Group is totally open oh, to helping with these kind of commercials. <laughs> anyway, a much healthier way would have been to make that transaction equal so that it empowers the client and also the pet sitter. We as an industry, we have the power as pet sitters. We set the standard. We set the bar. So just as much as the client is, quote, interviewing you to see if you are a good pet sitter, you are a good fit for them, you are also interviewing them to see if they are a good fit for you and your business. And so recognize that you have agency as well. It's transactional. It's a business transaction. So it's give and it's take. You have agency to determine the clients that you want. You can say no. (laughs) You know, this commercial completely gets rid of that expectation that the pet sitter would ever say no. You know, what do you mean you're turning me down now? Well, you have a list of 30 demands that I cannot possibly meet in my 30-minute time window. And I get it. Rover is wanting to get more people on their platform. 
we all want to have more clients or a different kind of client. But that expectation that you'll just do whatever I need as the pet owner without any pushback or additional questions or follow up or saying, hey, you know, I know you want a compliment every 15 minutes, but because I'm busy doing these other things, I'm doing the walk, preparing the food, watching them eat and getting the medications, I'm actually not going to be able to accommodate that, but I am going to be doing these other things really well. So what if the compliment is every hour? You know, if you are willing to work with the client, maybe offer that kind of solution. Yeah. Where's that in the commercial? Where's that process of setting better expectations and healthier boundaries and ways of communicating with one another, making it much more equal in the transaction? Right. As the pet sitter, you deserve to be respected. You are respecting the owner's wishes, but also they need to respect yours and your business boundaries as well. And unfortunately, this is where we see a lot of this heading. We are having our future clients trained by outside influences and outside sources that are then coming and bringing those expectations to us. And again, could could be good expectations, but could be unhealthy and bad expectations. So what do we do with all of this? We've kind of outlined some major problems and how client expectations are being shaped over time. What can we do in response to that? Well, if you haven't started a local pet sitter network, now is a great time to be connected with other sitters in your area. Put out a consistent message in your community for how owners should treat sitters and how sitters will treat owners. And you might not get everybody in your area in these kind of groups. But that's totally fine. As long as you understand how you want to be running your business and what you all as a group agree is are okay boundaries and okay expectations, do that. Put out in solidarity this consistent messaging across your platforms, across your onboarding process, across your questionnaires to start educating people in your communities about better ways to operate. Now, again, everybody, we say this all the time, everybody's business is different. Everybody's business is unique. You will have different ways of operating. But at the fundamental level, you want to care for pets and all avoid burnout. (laughs) Exactly. And one way that we can, as an industry, come together and make sure nobody experiences those things is coming together and realizing that there are better ways to operate in understanding what we are or are not willing to do. Yes, this needs to happen both at the national level and the global level, sure. But it starts in our communities. It starts by reaching out to other pet sitters and going, hey, these are things that I'm struggling with. What kind of boundaries are you guys setting? Is Do you think that this is okay to operate? And connect with others, start educating people and learning from others about those things, and then share that knowledge with the community. Okay, so we've been kind of pun intended dogging on this commercial. (laughs) But what are some of the things that they got right? Well, you've already said this earlier, but I think one of the things that they really hit out of the park, park is that they are squarely going after the biggest and largest demographic of pet owners, which are millennials. And sure, obviously, that bell curve is always going to be a little wonky, but this commercial is millennial and a half, through and through. And this is educating. This is telling them that there are pet sitters out there. This is really good. Megan mentioned earlier that they have millions of dollars in advertising budget. So let the let this company put this out there and start getting people more connected with pet sitters and letting them know that they can 
have somebody come and take care of their pet. Many people still in 2021 don't know that that is a thing. And so the problem comes in here is what you win them with, you win them too. So the messaging that you win somebody with is the expectation that they come in with. So what we're facing with and what we have to be careful with is that now that these new clients are looking for pet sitters, we have to try and understand what their expectations are. What's their background? What's their experience? What have messaging have they heard previously and are connected with? And that's kind of what this whole episode is about. It's, it's really doing a huge lift, this commercial is, of letting the people know who have the most pets know that there are pet sitters out there and that there's someone that can take care of your pet. You know, the pet industry is filled with thousands of well-trained, highly qualified experts and professionals and passionate people that can take care of just about any pet out there. They just have to be able to get connected with them and then have a healthy relationship on all sides. And I think it's letting another good part of this commercial is that it's letting clients know that it's okay to be picky. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to put themselves out there and their expectations out there and see who they're going to get connected with. That they don't have to just say yes to the first person who responds or the first person who picks up the phone. That's good. We want both the pet owners and the pet sitters to be extremely choosy about who they're bringing on and the the kind of services that they're looking for, because that means that they're going to be better connected and understand one each other at a much fun, more fundamental level. Okay, so what can we do with all of this? <laughs> well, we can continue to stand up for our boundaries. They are very important and they are crucial to your success in avoiding burnout. And if you get contacted about a service like this, a very potentially demanding owner and you aren't okay with it, try spending some time educating the client on your process and why it benefits both of you. And that's if you want to, of course. If their list of demands is just outrageous, you obviously can say no and you don't have to take them on. And then like we mentioned, work with other pet sitters in your area to have social media posts that are consistent in their messaging and ads that lift everybody up, all pet sitters. We need to set better expectations that are healthier for everyone in this industry because burnout is really it happens and we all want to avoid it as much as possible. In the end, this commercial really showed us that there are a lot of factors playing into how clients are going to expect to have care over the next 10, 15, 20 years. We as an industry can have a major say in what those expectations are by starting at the local level, as you said, getting connected with others and just having those conversations about what we are willing and not willing to do and then educating people about that. I think it's also going to take us listening to our clients, seeing what their needs are and understanding the problems that they're having. What solutions can we offer that are still going to meet their needs while simultaneously respecting our boundaries? When we find that medium, that is where we are both going to be able to thrive, not just as businesses, but also serving our community and those around us as well and giving the best care that we possibly can for the longest time. We would love to know your thoughts on this commercial. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Were you happy about it? Angry about it? Are these some of your clients or clients that you avoid? You can let us know at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at petsitterconfessional. Natasha Obanian is back this week for an Ask Pet Biz Coach segment about her biggest pet peeve in business. My biggest pet peeve is not treating the business like a business. 
I find a lot that we put mom and pop mentality into our business structure. Um, sometimes we're wondering how to make decisions or, you know, what's going to be our tiebreaker, but literally our policies are our tiebreaker. So when, when businesses are kind of making things up on the fly or looking to a manager or a coworker to figure out what to do next... It's like, listen, guys, the way that I perceive business is going to be totally different from the way Colin probably would have responded to that. So why would I leave that up to you to make that call and then for me to get frustrated later? So my biggest pet peeve is not setting up our team for success. They are really our our ride or dies. They're really our support. And we got to tell them exactly how to handle things from start to finish. When this comes up, this is how we do it. If somebody asks this, this is what we say. You know, we have saved messages and can response and so many automations that can really help our team. So that's my biggest pet peeve is expecting our employees or our staff to be the CEO. How would you suggest somebody structure or start implementing policies to get over that hump, actually putting in some, some structure and some scaffolding to make their business run better? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The mom and pops are beautiful. The reason what makes them beautiful is because mom and pop are there running it. So when mom and pop are greeting you at the restaurant and they're holding you and giving you a hug and greeting you to the table, that works. But when we have, you know, multiple clients in all different territories, that's not always possible. So we just have to be realistic with the kind of industry that we're in. Our our arms are not octopus arms and we can't be everywhere for everybody. (laughs) So the first thing, it's actually pretty simple when you think about it in just basic form. But we actually do policies every single day on our own. You and I, we know in our minds that if this happens, we should do this. If, if this comes up, this is what happens next. You and I, as the boss, we know this. You guys know this also, but our team doesn't know this. So what I suggest is when everything happens from, let's just say we're going to be intentional. So for the next six months, we are going to mimic, slow down, and look at every little fine detail that happens. For instance, the phone rings. Hello? Is, is, that, is that what I should say? Should I say hello? Right? The phone rings. Hey, Natasha, well, how do you answer the phone? Walker Friends on Ruby. This is Natasha. How may I help you? Guess what, guys? That's a script now. That's a script. You'd be surprised on how many people who have never answered a phone would just simply say hello. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? <laughs> and, and we would be like, what the heck? You can't answer the phone that way. Well, who told me that I couldn't answer the phone that way? Who told me that I was supposed to say the intro and the business name and then greeting and then proceed? So every single thing you do, something as simple as answering your phone, as simple as greeting the client, as simple as kneeling down to the dog before you enter the threshold, you got to write all that down. Every single thing you do, every single thing you do, you want to start writing that out. What I like to do first is write out titles because it can get overwhelming. So write out titles. This is our phone script. This is how we uh, greet a client. This is what we do when we first enter a meet and greet. These are the questions that we ask. Um, This is the supplies that we need for every household. This is what we do when we're finished with a lockbox. This is how we secure the keys, right? Start writing out just titles first, and then you can start filling in the policy once you write out the titles. 
Natasha not only runs her own pet sitting business, but she is a pet business coach as well. And if you would like her to coach you through your pet business, you can go to startscalesale.com and use the code PSC20 for 15% off her coaching. We thank you for listening today and we hope that this episode was helpful to you and let us know any feedback that you have. We want to thank our sponsor, Palmetto Scooper, and our Patreon supporters for making today's show possible. And we do also want to let uh, you know that our hearts are going out to those pet sitters, pet owners, and pets in the eye of the hurricane as it is making landfall across southern United States. It seems like it was quite devastating, especially in New Orleans and the surrounding area again. So um, we want to lift everyone up down there and wish them all well. We hope you join us next time. Thank you.